SA's lowest cost bank account is here. No monthly fees, no debit orders and free money transfers. Now you can do even more from your phone for free. Like pay bills and buy airtime or data. And it works on any phone. Register via the ShopRite app or dial this number. Powered by ShopRite. You're listening to Vuga Online. More music, more inspiration. Vuga Online. So, uh, I was making fun of you uh, when us people were welcome to the show. <laughs> Just... Just, just as you jumped in, um, Lady, you listeners, I was making fun of Spewer that they read the team that he is going to be 20 minutes, he's going to be 20 minutes early into the session because this seems to be your brand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm generally a very early guy, yes, very, very early guy, but. November, so I arrived right on time, not 15 minutes late. No, 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 no. Hence, I'm surprised. You know, like, I'm going like, oh, what happened? That's <laughs> <laughs> what happened. No, Welcome to happened. the show, man. Welcome. Thank you so much. What a great honor. Yes, it's been, it's been, a, it's, it's been a while since we've been wanting to, um, to have this conversation. I'm not happy with uh my screen here. Ah, there you go. That actually looks much better. And uh, no, it's been it, it, it's it's been it's been a while. So I'm, I'm going to kick you off. And I usually start the show with a very um well, silly question, but I'm I'm not going to start with it now. I'm actually going to start you uh, with a very difficult one uh, already because it's you, and then I'll explain to uh, to the listeners a, a little a little bit why I'm asking this uh, silly question. Do you think black people need diversity training? You. <laughs> There's no easing into this thing, eh? No. I do. I do. I do think black people need diversity training. I, I really, really do. I think, I think, you know, issues of diversity have always been interesting for me because all of us are comfortable to the point until you challenge the things that we lack diversity in so yes uh, so like a black man for example i'm a black man i'm very comfortable speaking about race any day um and then you start you start talking about sexism and then i'm like oh Ooh. and then you take it to other other areas like sexual orientation or, uh, yes so i really do think black people need need uh diversity training because there's generally a lot of things we don't understand about diversity. Yeah, I'm I'm glad because I actually just came out of a session with a number of leaders making them very uncomfortable uh, about diversity and the and the program that we are going through uh, on diversity. So um, I just thought I should actually just put you on the spot, uh, given given who you are and 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 <laughs> your background. Now let's go. Now that we've gotten rid of the hard stuff, let's go back to the uh, easy stuff. So I usually start the show with a question, a silly question uh, for the last three years, and uh, nobody has been offended yet. Um, what gives you the right to come and speak about leadership on this show? <laughs> and, and then you say this is an easy one. Ah, yeah, yeah. I really don't know. <laughs> it's, 
it's it's an interesting question and I don't think it's an easy one because yes, yes. I think the idea the idea of thinking about um what gives you a right to even be on a show talking about leadership or what gives you the right to have people uh, reporting to you is a very big one. It's not yes. a, it's not a very easy question to to say. Yes. I think if I think about if I think about it is the one of the things I think that gives me a right to come onto this show is the fact that I'm a vocal guy. I'm really passionate about uh, creating workplaces that matter, workplaces that that unleash people's potential. And I've been really, really concerned mm. about the state of leadership, uh, but also uh, not just the state of leadership, just the state of the relationship. The employment relationship seems to be deteriorating. And I think uh, I have a few views on that. And therefore... If I were to think about it, I think that would be the only thing that gives me a bit of a, a right to be on this show, that I have views, I stand by my views. Yeah. They don't have to be right, but I'm not going to be that guy who pretends not to have a view. There's nothing as boring as someone who always says it depends. Ah, yes, I... right sometimes. <laughs> Uh, you know, it kills me. And uh, we'll come back and talk a little bit about it. It's a dangerous topic, but we'll come back to it. Uh, he is Sapir Moyo. He is a sought-after and highly rated international keynote speaker, author, and organizational development facilitator, amongst other things. He, he You were inducted into the uh, South African Speaker Hall of Fame and South African Educational Hall of Fame. Talk to us about that quickly before we take a break. Yeah, so, so I was inducted into the Hall of Fame by an organization called the Professional Speakers Association of Southern Africa. Yeah. And 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 that's an association for people who do what I do, professional speaking mainly. Uh, so they started inducting me into the Hall of Fame for the speakers. But a few years ago, they started also a new award, which is the Educators uh, uh, Hall of Fame, which yeah. just literally means you've been at this for a while, we're seeing your output, yeah, you are doing okay. Keep going, type of thing. Um, and it's it's been an honor to get. Yeah, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that and your journey to leadership uh, when we come back from a break. Uh, I already started him with a very difficult question, so let me give let me give him a chance to take a quick break, a, 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 a glass of water, and let you have something to drink on the leadership masterclass uh, with Spio Moyo when we come back after this. Kick off with the biggest character deal only at Pep. Babies tees and vests only $39.99. Kids just $44.99. Buy any two and score a saving of 10. More deals, more fun in store. Life's better with Pep. More music, more inspiration. Vuga online. Yay, my people, welcome back uh, to Leadership Masterclass, and I am uh, speaking uh, to Spira Moyo. Spira, so uh, part of the question that I'm asking when I say what gives you the right, it's always fascinating where people start, so I'm I'm always fascinated by where people start in their answer. How did you end up here? Here being, give us some highlights around your journey to leadership, that's the point where you're sitting here in front of me. Yeah, so it's an interesting journey. I was born in Soweto, but grew up in a place called Orange Farm in the south of Johannesburg. And for me, the transition from moving to to Soweto, from Soweto to Orange Farm is where I start uh, grappling with the issues of leadership. Because, you know, when I was in Soweto, I was, 
so it is a very loud place, very fun. Uh, at that time, I'd never really thought about things like leadership, contemplating. Mm. I had not been reading at all because that place was just way too much fun, mm. at least for me. So I moved to Orange Farm. When I moved to Orange Farm, I started attending a, a, a particular church where the, 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 the pastor was just a reader, just, just a reader. That that man loved reading, loved sharing thoughts on leadership and so on. And and so she, then he sparks this deep interest in these studies around what makes a good leader and so on. So for me, if I had to trace my interest in, in leadership, it starts uh, really in, in Orange Farm, which is why people in Soweto sometimes get so angry when I talk about my journey and I mention Orange Farm more than Soweto because I think there was a profound impact on my life in Orange Farm rather than in in in, in Soweto. So so that's what happened. I then joined corporate South Africa, and 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 I and and then while I'm joining, when I joined corporate South Africa, then I I've been learning these things around the theory of leadership. One of my favorite person mm-hmm. at that time was John Maxwell because you know mm-hmm. obviously my pastor quoted John Maxwell a lot, and I remember that powerful quote around everything rises and falls on leadership yes. and so i joined corporate south africa and and with me being in my 20s but i had already been studying and learning about about leadership so so i then become a little bit different because i think there, there is an element where i had studied this thing called leadership i think one of the other quotes that had a, a profound impact on me is by Jack Welch. I think Jack Welch says something like, before you are a leader, success is all about growing yourself. When you become a leader, success is about growing others. Yes. So I, I then, uh, you know, obsess about creating an environment where people will shine. Initially, I was a facilitator in corporate South Africa. I then moved outside of being a facilitator to heading up learning and development. But then that's where I start flourishing because I'm able to at least tap into the people that report to me knowing their strengths and so on. And and that's what really, really fascinated me. Although there was a part of me looking at these people like, yes, as these people are doing what I love. Yes. Now I'm, I must send them to go facilitate while I'm filling forms. Yes. But, <laughs> but then, <laughs> but then I, I did manage to, to grapple with that and manage to create an environment where I think people flourish. So yeah. that's where I come in contact with the concept of leadership yeah no sounds sounds interesting because i think one of the patterns that i see as we have conversations with people and and it sounds a little bit like what's happened with you as well um almost like we are chosen for leadership somehow right um when did you start realizing you know actually i i deserve this title or I can use this title. Maybe it fits me because yes. I think that's the that's the thing, right? Uh, um, many people might like the label, um, but not necessarily know what it means. But then sometimes we don't want the label, but it shows up to us. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I think for me, for me, when it became very clear that this concept of leadership is not obvious to everybody. Yes. So because I had been exposed to leadership in my teens and my early 20s, I had thought 
this thing is really, really obvious um, to everybody. But but when I start working, I realize, yo, the people just can't believe. Yeah. And therefore, I start realizing that, man, there is, there is something that I do know about this thing called leadership that maybe other people don't know and that concept of being chosen for it. And yes. and I start getting into it. And and it was a difficult transition because I think I think when I started when I started leading, I really liked being liked. You know, ah. it's being liked was a very, very appealing thing to me. And and I remember and I remember just even the way I led people, I really avoided confrontation. I wanted them to like me. It's it's almost like I was kind to the point of being a little bit weak. You know, yes. there yeah. was just no boldness about it. They um almost to a point of being a little bit timid. And 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 once I had started leadership, I realized that okay, because I had been looking at leaders at the other uh, point of the spectrum who were bullies, who were. Uh, yes. strong to the point of being a bully i went to the complete opposite so and started being a little bit weak yes. and, and, and and timid yes. and even avoiding confrontation so i it was then that i started realizing that there is a little bit of a, a, a really great balance mm-hmm. that you can get to as a leader because also being timid and weak that's also not leadership yes. you yes. have to be able to to tell people if they're not coming to the party, hold people accountable, yeah. uh, but do it in a firm but fair way. Yeah, I love this because I think um, when we come back, I've, I've just actually had a, 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 a sometime this afternoon a coaching conversation with the, uh, one uh, such leader in an, in, in an organization who was saying, um, you know, um, I like my people being black people and I want to support my people. So I'm feeling very uncomfortable about being very uh, hard on, on them and having to dismiss someone who actually, it seemed for the last two years, was not really performing. Uh, yeah. So my uh, part of the conversation, and that in, in, as we're having a conversation, then you are the problem. And I think mm-hmm. you, you, you've just raised a little bit of that. And I know this is an area that, you are very passionate about. So uh, when we come back, we have that conversation um, with Spiro Moyo. Uh, he, just in case you are wondering uh, who are we speaking to, he is a, a, a well-known uh, international speaker um, who has done some fantastic work. Uh, I, I mean, I, I like some of the work also that you've done uh, with the SABP, by the way, because uh, I kind of always look back uh, and, and go like, you know, uh, this is exactly the example we need. He's an seasoned HR practitioner, organizational behavior specialist, and um, he is very passionate about uh, behavior, human behavior change in a workplace context. And we'll have a lot more conversations about him after this music, because we are also more music, more inspiration on Vuga Online Radio. We'll be back. How do you know the life or personal coach you are about to work with is who they say they are? How do you know if they can do the job? At the Africa Board for Coaching, Consulting and Coaching Psychology, we can tell you. So, before you share your secrets and spend your money, check with us first. Visit www.abccp.com or call us on 012-751-7608. The ABCCP. 
the professional body for coaches. Stay woke with Vuga Online Radio. You are on the Leadership Masterclass uh, and uh, you are with me, uh, Dr. Mo, and you can reach out to me at uh, Vuga Online Radio everywhere or otherwise. Uh, you can connect with me uh, at um, MC underscore MAK. Uh, when I was younger, that's what I did on Twitter. <laughs> And I kept it because I am not changing it now, you know. <laughs> I've created a brand, but everywhere yeah. else, it's uh, at the Mongezi Sima Academy, uh, everywhere else. Where do you, where, where, where can people connect with you, Spiro? Um, I am Spiro Moyo everywhere. So I'm, at least I'm one of those people who got into social media <laughs> when the handles were still available. So I'm literally Spiro Moyo on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Instagram. Now, speaking of the uh, the name still available, so I'm going to go personal for again, again, one moment. This whole show is not about leadership. It's about making leadership personal, right? Uh, in many ways, humanizing leadership. Now, Moyo is a very well-known Zimbabwean surname as well. Uh, but you answer very nicely to, to Umzul. Uh, what's the story there, bro? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a nice question, yeah. Because I've always wanted to answer this question. <laughs> <laughs> so I I'm definitely so I'm born in Soweto and, and grew up in Orange Farm, but um my mom is also born in Soweto. Her dad was born in Zim. So my yo, can your paternal and, and maternal, which word is it? Yeah, my paternal grandfather. Yes, yes. My paternal grandfather was and then he moved to uh Francis Town in Botswana. So in he Botswana. grew up in Francis Town in Botswana. Yes. If you go to Francis Town in Botswana, there's a huge uh clan of, of Moyo people in, in Francis Town in particular. They speak um yes. Kalanga. Yes. And then he then obviously gravitated to South Africa because of some of the challenges. He couldn't go back to Zim, some of the challenges that were uh were were there in Zim and so on. So 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 then uh then gets married to my grandmother who is Namazbugo and then yeah my my mom then obviously is a Moyo and I'm a Moyo. But there is definitely, definitely, without a doubt, yeah, a bit of Zimbabwean blood. Yes. Uh Botswana blood. Yeah. Because I I mean it's always fascinating this whole conversation around hundred percent Zulu, hundred percent Sutu hundred. And I'm like, where do you people come from? You know, uh, <laughs> I was in a workshop uh, the other day, and people were like, "How mongers? Uh, you keep saying mongers umtwana, mongers umtwana, whooping, but there's no mongers umtwana." Yes. And I was like, "No, ask me. I will tell you. I will answer the question." You know, yeah. because Have you answered it on the show. Oh, 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 no, 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 not on the show. I haven't on the show, but I probably, I probably will one day. Uh, yeah. But the point of the of the matter, I said to her, I said. Actually, me, I've traced my background, I've traced my background and my, some of my, some of my cells and my genes are coming all the way from the Sudan. So, uh, mm. I'm Nubian like nobody's business and I'm very sure, uh, about it. I might not be able to trace what house there in, in, in Nubian country. Uh, but I can tell you for for a fact I'm a Nubian prince, and then everybody go like ah when Tandis in, and I'm going like ah well one day let me sit you down, and I think you've just proven that day because our people moved around, our people married into each other, and we are all really just connected. And this nonsense, this 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 uh, tribal nonsense is 
No, absolutely. And, and it's so sad, you know, when you see that. And obviously, uh, a big part of it is, is justified for resources and so on. But I think we should never allow in the continent. You know, I, I go to Malawi and I see a huge number of my brothers and sisters. I, yes. You know, so we are just one people. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, this fight for resources has made people... Uh, a big part of it is is about that, but I think we need that consciousness and and just chatting about and reminding each other that we are just one people. Yeah, um, can't you can't separate us? We've been uh, people were moving around Southern Africa and even uh, further, as as you are saying. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's just so much to talk about. But and let's let's take it back a little bit to that that performance conversation that I spoke about earlier. And then I want to ask you also, uh, what are you learning about leadership um, in your journey so far already? What are the two or three things that you're already learning for sure? But what would you say to a leader that like I've just described now, uh, because just before the break, you talked about how you were a timid leader and then you had swung the pendulum on the other hand. Now I'm in corporate, I'm this leader, and I'm exactly that way, and I don't want to hold people accountable, my people accountable, because I'm like thinking, Ish, and there's a high unemployment out there, and I, I don't want to be that guy. Our people were abused for a long time. What would you say to somebody like that uh, today? I, I think that the biggest, the biggest mistake you can ever make is to think that not holding someone accountable is doing them a favor. Mm. that's actually not true you know when you get to a point where you understand that the people who hold you accountable when you are not performing those are the people who love you and respect you and and want the best for you Mm. if someone if you are delivering sloppy work and someone is not saying anything in my view that person has actually given up on you i think Mm -hmm. they're basically saying that's what I expect from you anyway. Anyway. But someone who holds you accountable, it's because they have a they have a bigger view of who you are and they're trying to drag you yes. to the level that you are in. So so I think we make a mistake when we when we believe that. And so you have to, if you are that type of leader, one of the things that you have to understand mm. is that you do not love someone if you leave them the way they are. Yes. Leadership is about really trying to pull people to where they could be. Yeah. And, and and therefore you are actually doing them a favor by holding them accountable. I remember uh you know my my first job uh, was an internship it was at the mining qualifications authority. Mm. And and I remember our CEO at that time was a gentleman by the name of Dr. Menzim Twitch. Yes. And and obviously I was too junior I didn't report to Dr. Menzim Twitch but uh, our HR practitioner um, that I reported to, um, Shanice McKenzie, always loved exposing my work to Dr. Mkwetu. I think she was seeing a little bit of potential. Mm. And Dr. Mkwetu used to look at the documents that I had written and write in red. Wow, what is this? What is this? At that time, I really used to think this man hates yeah. me so. <laughs> but... When I left, when I finished my internship, he sat me down and he said, do you, uh, do you know why I, I took the time to give you the feedback I did? And I said, no, I don't. He said, number one, you were actually too junior to be interacting with me. I, I had mm-hmm. no business looking at your documents, but I think I saw a little bit of potential in you. And therefore, I bought it and used my time to give a 
if I didn't believe in you, I was just going to tell Shanice never to expose me to this young man's work. Yes, yes. And, and, you know, now when I think about my writing and how my writing has improved, you can literally trace it back to someone who definitely showed me kindness by holding me accountable. I love that. I love that. And and that, that that's a nice segue to um this question. What are some of the uh, important lessons you've learned in your journey to leadership? Now that you look back, what are the two or three things that you're saying, you know, this is what I'm learning now for sure? I think, you know, that idea that um, if you really want to work with, with and through other people, Mm. One of the things, or, or this idea of producing more leaders, you've got to uh, realize that people who who are in your team are not you. So they're not going to work the way you want it. And, yes. and you've got to learn how to not sweat the small stuff. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, in when I work alone in my speaking world, I know exactly how I want this presentation to to sound like. I can be pedantic because uh, that's me alone. But yes. when you look at the organization that we're trying to build, if you want people to think like you, you're never going to build anything of it. Mm. You have to give people the bigger picture then allow them to do what they're supposed to do. And for me, that was that has always been a little bit tricky. Yeah. Um, it's, it's always been tricky because I I used to have that idea of saying, ah, I might as well do this thing myself. But that is not beneficial. You can't build anything if you have that, that kind of attitude. Yeah. And I think the other thing that I'm learning, particularly from coaches, you know, mm-hmm. coaches like you and and you know, I respect the coaching profession. And you know, because I'm not a coach, yeah. um the, the ability to um to to just balance this thing of listening and telling, it's 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 a skill that I really, really admire. Yes, yes. Uh, because I think initially when I was thinking about, so initially you start telling people, but you tell, you tell, you tell, and then you realize whenever you're telling people, they're thinking less. They are no longer thinking. They just come to you again so that you can tell them and then they go and then they come to you and then you tell them so, so that they go. Uh, but the idea of using some of the skills that I'm learning from a coach is to just yes. ask people, no, what would you do? And and when you when you do that, people really start thinking and they need you less and less. So that's a, a really good uh, lesson that I'm learning. Yeah, I love that. Um, I, I was sitting, uh, I think it was a year and a half ago or so, I was sitting with Marshall Goldsmith, um, uh, I think everybody know everybody knows Marshall Goldsmith. He's the world's number one coach, um, and he was saying to the, to the point that you are making, when you're a leader and you are saying and you are telling uh, people what to do, or you are saying here is a problem, or uh, it doesn't matter what you're saying, people take it as an instruction. They they no longer hear an option. They no longer hear the the idea that uh, you're actually trying to get something out of them. They just hear the instruction. But when you ask them, what do you think? Um, They might come to the party. And I say might because one of the things that's imagined for me is my new motivational motivation theory now. I call it a, a hungry man at the 
at a buffet table. Uh, okay. Yeah, now made in Africa for the world, right? <laughs> when, when you invite a hungry man to a buffet table, uh, I find that three things actually happen uh, that are interesting. And as leaders, we should actually be aware of it. Uh, one, people might not come to the table. They might not approach the buffet table because they don't feel they belong. They fold their hands. They stand on the side. They go like, did he talk to me? Did, was he talking to me? Uh, I, I might not be the, the right person for that. Uh, and, and they stand aside. Uh, so that's the first response. And we need to be, to expect that and ask ourselves, what do we, how do we respond? And in the case that you're talking about, we might invite people in to say, what do you think? And they won't say, what do I think? And we need to be aware that we shouldn't be feeling that silence uh, and the I don't know uh, with an opinion and say, ah, but I asked them. <laughs> because that's what's going to happen. Uh, but uh, just to complete the picture with, the, with that buffet table, some people will come to the buffet table. They will run, they will fill up their plates, and they will make sure that the plate is so full, uh, so full bigger than what their stomachs can take. And then they go and sit at the table. They realize they cannot actually finish. And then they throw stuff away. So I don't know what that metaphor has to do with what we're talking about from a leadership perspective. But what I found is that greed has become also another issue. When you open up opportunities for people, they take advantage so much uh, that as a leader, you might actually end up uh, empty. Because people will just take and take and take and take and take, oh, and and, and and we need to be aware of that. But I think the last one, then the last response that happens is uh, people actually uh, come in and take just enough, and and then go and sit down and eat, and then come back and take again if they need to. And probably that's for me uh, what I've learned now as a lesson for leadership is having to pay attention uh, not to the first group and to the second group only, but also to pay attention to the third group um, because we tend to forget them. We tend to give, we tend to forget to give them feedback that, well done. This is a great, this is exactly how it works. This is how you exercise judgment and you decide and you listen to yourself and you figure yourself, but we don't praise that behavior. We focus on those extremes uh, of, of the behaviors of either people taking the leadership or not taking, uh, well, taking the opportunities or not taking the opportunities. I don't even know where that comes from, but. <laughs> What do you think about when I say that? I don't even know where it comes from, but what, what are your thoughts about that? <laughs> no, so, so that makes a lot of sense because, um, because when I think about every individual that I've encountered, you, you end up being so discouraged, right? You end up yes. being so discouraged because, um, because you, you, you invite people to, to the table and and there are definitely those people who are just not going to come. But I, as as we are talking, and I realize that I'm very very comfortable yeah. with the people who are not going to come because they feel they don't belong. And so so my my motivational speaker thing then gets I'm triggered, saying, and I yes. I love yes. I love getting people who feel like they don't belong and they and and make sure that they eventually come to the party. So as we are talking, I'm realizing. 
that that so for me that is my sweet spot making sure you provoke and convince yeah. people that you are in the right room but i really have never even thought about uh, the people who are doing the right things uh, yes. they are there and they're doing the right things you kind of like leave them alone and you say okay yeah, yeah. you're doing the right things yeah, so they're, they're okay yeah 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 in fact I, I remember one of my team members said we haven't talked about uh, my performance in a long time and I said yeah you know we used to do performance whatever conversation yes. now it means you're doing well and and that's exactly what what we're yeah. talking about that mm-hmm. we must actually have that conversation that no you are doing well and yeah. this is how you're doing well continue doing it. so that's we focus on the black sheep and then we forget no, the, we forget the rest of the sheep and then when they now want to get their attention what do they do they become black because they they've seen you <laughs> That those are the people who get the attention. Yeah. You are on the leadership master class. Hey, Kurman, isn't this a serious guy? You are talking about very <laughs> serious stuff. <laughs> and uh, but uh, I have a spear moyer here with me, and uh, when we come back, I'm going to be checking with him as we start wrapping up. Uh, what does he think uh, leaders are struggling with today? So you you show up in many of the people's boardrooms, you show up in many of the people's uh, speaker halls, and, and, and I've seen some of the companies you work with and, and, and traveling across the world. What do you think, what are the two or three things that leaders are struggling with? And then we start wrapping it up with when a leader is listening at the, right now, what is the one thing that they can actually uh, do um, to whatever change whatever they want to do but for now we need to take a quick break and uh, we'll be back and uh, the leadership masterclass still using cash matter why it's time to cash less and live more with capitec just choose the smart way to pay anytime anywhere no need for cash with SA's biggest digital bank pay the smart way with capitec waking up all day with Voga Online Radio. Welcome back uh, to the like, last few hours of the Leadership Masterclass. La- well, hours. <laughs> you got things to do, man. You got things to do. Uh, last few minutes uh, with uh, Spear Moya. I think you and I um, uh, share, lost a friend in common. Um, uh, I think uh, Alex has, was, was on this show uh, a, a couple of years ago, a year and a half or so ago, and then COVID um, uh, took him away from us. And, and, and there was a lot, I think, that um, you, we could, we, we, we learned, I think, Ireland, uh, uh, from him and his presence and, um, his excellence, uh, and all that. What would you say was the one lesson uh, you've learned, uh, from, from Alex Granger? Um, just thought I would ask that. Uh, yeah, so I learned, I learned a lot of lessons from, from Alex. Yeah. Um, but, the one that comes to mind mainly because I'm talking to you yes. is is how is is how he was as just a continuous and perpetual student. Yes. So Alex used to tell me a lot about the conversations that you have with him, yes. and he say he would be like, "Dude, I have a coach," and 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 you that you we had a conversation. I can't tell you. I can't tell you. <laughs> So, so for me, that is one of the things that I really, really loved about 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 Alex. So he really recognized what his strengths were, 
And he intentionally made sure that in order to keep growing, he would surround himself with other people who can speak to 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 his life. And and for so for me that is really, really an amazing thing, which I've been trying my best to to do because if you also end up and I'm in a very, very weird space in my career where obviously you have a lot of people who follow you and and therefore if if you get carried away with that you you you, you can start you know stagnating and and so on so that is the one thing that always i keep at the back of my mind to say who am i talking to who am i testing my own uh, theories and my own thinking with because because yes. i think i think the model that so well yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I like that. So I want to go back to then the question, the question because he was, he was, he was a perpetual. And uh, what was his motto? It wasn't excellence. It was exceptional, exceptional. Yeah, continuously wanted to be exceptional, Alex. I miss him so much, man. Uh, oh, man. The, the day, the day he went, like my team was like, they were like so surprised because they had never seen me so inconsolable. I like. Uh, because I think around that week, uh, we actually had lost him and we lost Dr. Tibani, uh, uh, who was also who, who, with whom we were quite close as well. And I was inconsolable, man. I was like, I, you know what? I don't need this anymore in my life. I actually stopped. We were working from the office. Uh, I stopped and I just went, you know, guys, I don't want to talk to you guys anymore for now. Uh, I'm just gonna go, and I cried like nobody's business. It wasn't, it wasn't pretty, man. It wasn't pretty, but hey, we are here, you know, and uh, we we we're talking about these memories. What do you think leaders are struggling with today? Yeah, sure. So I think from from the interactions that I have um, with many many leaders, uh, leaders are really really battling to. To just understand what it would take to create an environment where their team members would show what I think I normally call proactive accountability. Mm. So, so they have people in their team uh, where, where if you if you if you imagine a bit of a a four box where other people show a little bit of initiative, mm. but they are not account- accountable. Other people, uh, you know, they. They can they can start things, but they never finish. So that kind of an environment where where you have people who will raise their hand, will show initiative, and yeah. will be accountable to see that thing through. So leaders, many many leaders are, are battling with that. And of course, when we have those discussions, we're always grappling with um, also holding a bit of a mirror to to the leaders that. If you believe that people in your team are not showing initiative, when from your part, is there anything that you've tried to do to create an environment where people feel safe enough to actually talk and show initiative? So I'm always trying to hold that mirror. But on the other extreme, you also just need, I'm, I'm convinced that there are some people who really don't want to work. They, they really want money. This work is such an inconvenience. Yes. Um, <laughs> That gets in the way of their money. <laughs> Getting on the way of their money. So you, and then and then what leaders then do because there is one or two people who lack initiative and accountability and they never show up because yeah. then they really don't want to be here. 
And so when they do that, you find that there are other people in the team where who are struggling because the leader then throws the space. And I guess they haven't mastered the art of of just understanding that you don't have to lead everyone in your team the same. Yeah. So if if Utabo is not showing initiative and is not accountable, treat Utabo that way. That don't, way. Don't yes. Now generalize and and, and, and you people yeah. everybody else and now it's you people yes. and and you send a general email that says i know there are people who are not performing here and, <laughs> and yes you demoralize everyone and then now you are, you must have a team effectiveness session mm-hmm. which i'm grateful to facilitate but yeah there was no need you could have just made sure that you you isolate that person and you hold that person accountable Instead of ruining everything in the team, so yeah. team dynamics and and how to personalize your leadership according to uh, the person you know that you are dealing with is becoming a, a big challenge for leaders. Uh, hey, you're opening another can of worms. Then we kind of have run out of time, but um, I mean, I, I I see that most of the time when I even when I'm just running a workshop on uh, on coaching, not even on leadership. Um, it's amazing how many leaders are struggling with feedback. Leaders don't know how to give people feedback uh, in, in many ways. So there is a, a whole need here to kind of uh, spray some spray in the air where leaders will just go and smell it and then just realize, realize uh, you know what? You're not doing your job. And it's not yelling people. It's just you. So I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up. Spiro, we need to start wrapping up, uh, but uh, thank you for those. You know what I like about this conversation already? Um, not once have you said, read my book called. <laughs> <laughs> In my book, I say this. <laughs> and you have other, unlike me, you have actually written a few now uh, of, 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 of those books. So here is two seconds uh, of a plug. What should be what should people be reading uh, of your in terms of your books going forward? <laughs> you know, I I have a very weird relationship with my books because I wrote a book called Stagnation Must Fall: Hundred Key Lessons to Activate Your Progression, and 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 that book was so well received yes. that you know to the point that people most of the people just don't care about my books they're just like yes but stagnation i'm like i be, I, I i promise i have a better one no but stagnation. Yeah. so if you have never interacted with my work at all please start with that word because good. i think good that means that was in my element yes that's Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Okay, cool. So after they go to that, they can go and find Anna. Any, yeah, yeah, you can go anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Don't matter about anything else. At least they've read that one. Yeah, no. They, at least you read. I think there are books that are better than that, but people have convinced me that they aren't. Yeah. Uh, so I've I've given up on that yeah. because as a person, you also evolve, and yeah. and I realize that the kind of things I was writing at that time, maybe they were hitting the mark. The kind of things I'm I'm writing now about workplace culture and, and so on, they, they they don't seem to resonate as much as those career conditions. But I've made peace with it now. Yeah. Zahara will always have no leeway. Yes. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Closing question. What, uh, what leader listening to this conversation right now, uh, what, action, what action should they take when they get out of here? What's your advice? I think for me... Think about your leadership uh, very intentionally. Leadership really does matter. 
Yeah. I think when you just look at many, many things that are going either right or wrong in the country, in the organizations that we're in, you realize that there is an impact um, of, of leadership. So do not take yourself lightly. You matter. What you do matter. The kind of power you have in people in your team is indescribable. They look forward to you greeting them. They look forward to you having eye contact with them. They look forward to your feedback. You really do matter to them. So I think uh, please never underestimate your role and therefore take it a little bit more serious. Uh, spend a little bit more time listening to conversations like this or any 15 or 20 minutes every day. I'm, I'm, I've decided, you know, I there is no way I'm, I'm finishing a day without listening to at least 20 to 30 minutes of a great conversation about yeah. leadership because I want to get better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope you also catch uh, the Leadership Masterclass on Voganland Radio. We have, Spirit, you don't know, over 160 of these conversations. It is the biggest leadership, narrative leadership database in the world uh, on just talking about leadership. That's what we've been doing for the last, for the last three years. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you are know, you, not a man of noise. I'm telling you, if it was me, that's how I would greet people every day. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm I'm exactly like you. I mean, look at look, I had to prompt you to tell us like read my book called, you know. <laughs> there are people who do better with this marketing thing. Yeah, but um, look at your look at your profile, man. It's saying volumes. He's a South African speaker, Hall of Fame inductee, and then if uh, African Hall of Fame inductee educator, uh, um, the executives uh, trust him uh, to solve people-related issues in organizations. A seasoned HR practitioner. Uh, I mean, you started uh, you you started a, a postgraduate module in organizational behavior at the University of Stellenbosch. Um, uh, yeah, a thousand years ago, right? <laughs> yeah, I think my colleagues and I, we, we started that postgrad. Yeah, uh, Marius Mayer and a few other colleagues. We, yeah, it's yeah. been amazing. Yeah, yeah. So, so he's he's not just anybody. We always close the show with a song. Uh, what song would I play for you? Oh, um. I always it it always just depends on my mood um, because I can go deep and very frivolous. So I love dancing. So generally, uh, my songs generally lean towards towards the dancing, the, the dancing part. Yes. Um, but my favorite song is always uh, Yolanda Adams, uh-huh. and and I have a few. I just can't remember uh, what the title of this song is now. Yo. Yeah. But what, what what what's what's the message? What's what what what's the message it's sending? Am I am I sending the message that since since the last time you saw me? Ah yes, that's actually what it's called. Since the last time, yeah, since the last time I saw you. Uh, uh, <laughs> it is one. It, it is one of my favorite songs, man. God has moved mountains out of my way. Uh, I love that line, especially for some of us who come from very difficult circumstances and we are sitting here now um doing this work because that's also i think a growth area for some of us as as africans as leaders right to acknowledge we've had some journeys and 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 sitting here 
we need to be grateful to whoever it is that was responsible for that journey in in this instance. Spimoyo, thank you so much, man, for your contribution. I love the advice that you always, I I love just being on your page, on your Facebook page, because I know that there's going to be some common sense stuff uh, that you, because hey, we've lost common sense, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I just love the fact that you just common sense everything. And I'm, hey, man. He is the man. That's why I thought we should have this conversation. He is a sought-after, highly rated international keynote speaker, author, and organizational development facilitator, amongst other things. Thank you, man. Thank you for your contribution. Being an honor. Thank you very much for having me. Excellent. And you were, you have been on the Leadership Masterclass, and uh, and uh, hopefully we connect again, um, God willing, uh, when we talk to another leader as we humanize leadership. And uh, I, I never know when this song is coming, whether it's coming after the news or before the news, but uh, one of my favorite songs as well, since the last time I saw you, uh, that's uh, uh, that lady there with uh, uh, Yolanda Adams. Uh, Yolanda? She is Yolanda Adams, right? I think that's what her name is. Yes, yeah, that's, there, there is. Thank you. Cheers, guys. The home of inspiration every every day. Most people give up on themselves easily. You know the human spirit is powerful. From news. Countries across the globe have been hit by the COVID-19 virus. Views. There's a global trend uh, to see an increase in GBV incidences, specifically domestic violence. 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 Sports. What do you say? Some really good ball. It's Shabalala. And music to inspire you every day. This is Vuga Online, your inspiration radio station.